0: Welcome to Beyond the Field, your property finance and general discussion podcast series powered by Money
1: Empire. We're a team of financial advisors here to help you tick off your property and finance goals.
2: When we say beyond the field, we mean this to be beyond whatever field you're used to.
3: So kick back, relax, and enjoy the podcast.
2: My name's Kane. Today, we have got the expertise of the Money Empire Advisors uh, on this podcast to talk about the new taxation laws on property, which um, is a real stirrer, and uh, it's going to be interesting to get everyone's feedback. So mm-hmm. I'm going to throw it out to the room here. Um, who wants to jump in first?
0: Yeah, go. Um, Obviously, we knew that some changes were coming come uh, 27th of March earlier this year, but now the government has confirmed it, albeit two, three days before the actual rule change. So they've decided to exempt new houses for 20 years under the new tax rules to bar landlords from deducting the interest costs of their mortgage from the tax bill in a nutshell.
2: It's really, really interesting. I saw a stat that it was going to pass about a billion dollars mm-hmm. um, through to the IRD mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm. extra funds. I'm going to throw this out there. Is this a way for the government to retain some of their um, printing of money in this yes. pandemic?
0: Yes. Yeah, it will
2: yes. be. Short and sweet. Or, Lisa, is it a way to help who you are a guru in the first home buyer market?
3: I It's a tricky one because there could be you know still a lot of investors it could be the mums and dads that might have some rental properties or one or two existing but they might go and sell them now to purchase new builds so it could disrupt the um, market and the new build space for first home buyers so it could be either good or bad
1: i think when we because when we rewind you know from from when all these were announced um, we talked about heavily on the bta podcast but there was so much panic There was so much panic at the time around. What are these changes going to do? And I think even in-house, we saw some people make the knee-jerk reaction to go and sell, going, I've got to get away. This is just too much. Um, But I remember a lot of advice given at the time was more around, honestly, team, people, clients, just, just hold five until things get put in concrete and until things are ironed out. Because the last thing we wanted our client base to do was sort of make a rush decision whereas we knew there were going to be changes but it was going to it was more a case of saying what are they going to be what are they really going to look like and Mm -hmm. I remember the question at the time was oh how long's a new build a new build for Mm -hmm. well finally we have some answers on that so I think there was a lot of panic um and unnecessary panic but that's what the media sort of drive up so now it's about sort of getting sound advice moving forward but Mm -hmm. at the time a lot of this was targeted at first home buyers and helping them out. But what do the smart investors go and do? They went and snapped up all the new builds. Um, yeah. So when we say we're trying to help, it's all targeted towards a first home buyer market. There were so many what ifs at that stage, and things will only maybe begin to get ironed out now. Mm-hmm. Go.
0: Um, it's very much important to note that this rule also applies to properties that receive their code of compliance certificates. Um, on or after the 27th of March, 2020, not 21, 2020, that'll be eligible for the interest deductions for up to the 20 years from the time the property's CCC was issued. And also it will still apply um, to the initial purchaser and to the, of the new build and any owner after that within that 20 years.
1: Yeah, so exactly. So goes if I um, buy a new build property um, mm-hmm. and exempt for the next 20 years and then you decide to buy it off me in five years time, hmm that's yep, still that's going to be covered that's yes. carried on it, yes,
0: carries it on is the new owner that, this is just on the tax rules right this does not apply to the RBNZ LVR um, exemptions eh? this is just straight on tax but what I did find interesting before we go on or, or finish up whatever that if the property like say you're you're a property investor and you have existing properties right like old old homes that are rented out if you if your property is rented out or leased to a social housing provider that apply. That rule applies. It's uh, yeah, it's exempt. How cool is? That? I didn't even. I don't so, even what the came across that.
2: What the government's worked out and looked at is they've gone. We have a shortage of housing mm-hmm. for underprivileged people in New Zealand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they can't build those or buy them quick enough. Mm-hmm. So what they're trying to do is shift the focus on private landlords mm-hmm. to going. If I'm going to build something or if I've got something existing, can I pass that across or sell that across to social housing where then that uh, exemption rule happens to push more into that space? It's an interesting interesting side of things because I've seen a lot of Mm -hmm. feedback online and you see people saying, well, that's great. But then the tenant that I had privately, if I'm pushing it into the social housing space, what does that tenant look like? And is my property going to be worse off? So In I terms like, of, no, there's, yeah, there's no maintenance, right repairs, up, dem- so. yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. But probably going into it a bit further, um, and just to give some clarity, the properties that are exempt from these taxation rules are one, is your main home. Even if your main home is rented out to a flatmate or has borders, mm-hmm. two, farmland, mm-hmm. three, commercial accommodation, hotels, mm-hmm. motels, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, hostels, and... Um, it has, it, but it does not include short-stay accommodation, i.e. Airbnb, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Certain Maori land, emergency transitional or social housing, what we're talking about, care facilities and retirement villages, employee accommodation, student accommodation, and then obviously land outside New Zealand. So there's some of the exempt um, situations where it will occur. If you do own an existing home, Uh, that is obviously older than pre-March 2020, you have a scaling yearly uh, rule around the taxation, so from 100 to 75 to uh, 50 to to 25.0. So you still have tax deductibility for the the next four years, but you're going to see that obviously weighing off. My question to you, Lisa, because you are really prevalent in this first home buy market, especially new builds, is do you think – it's going to affect your client a lot, where if I'm an investor, I'm now, from a cash flow point of view, and I've got a portfolio, I might buy, be obviously having existing homes or buying up existing homes, but I might buy a mixture of new builds from a cash flow point of view, from my overall tax situation. Is that going to affect a client that, that, that you think you'd fit into a, a new build uh, with a low deposit?
3: I don't think, to be honest, it would affect it too much purely because a lot of the new builds out there that I'm seeing, their rules are first home buyer, got to live in there three years, two years. They've got those exceptions there. So I guess it will come down to the certain development companies that are going to be still offering that and if they'll continue to offer that. I know there are still some out there and I can see it. You know, it could be a two-bedroom, three-bedroom, but you have to live in there for two to three years. Like, for example, I know a few clients that have purchased in the Kumeu area, um, northwest of Auckland, which they have to live in there three years. So I'm hoping that still continues. If it does, then I can't really see much of a change from that perspective.
2: So the change I've seen already from developers is they back themselves now, and see the fixed price contracts that I'm seeing up front, they back themselves on either to finish the project and near ne- the back end of the project, they then go price to- by negotiation to market, or they're negotiating a price up front knowing that an investor... And a first home buyer might be trying to enter into buying into that development which pushes mm-hmm. up a price so for me if i'm looking at factually and around supply and demand and what people want and need it looks like you're going to have a flurry into new build which is going to push that market up which affects the first home buyers deposit and debt servicing
0: hopefully you enjoyed the podcast today for more info on this podcast and a heap more Check us out on Beyond the Field on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. And hit the subscribe button.
3: Take the reins of your future and feel empowered with Beyond the Field.